The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend, 55, and a game this big deserves a monster prize, not just some trophy. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big? All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of, get this, $1 million. Huge. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Berlansky, and as always, I am joined by Nicholas J. Horwat, and we are live tonight on both Twitter and Facebook Live, so thank you to everybody that is tuning in live to this show. Thank you to everybody that is also tuning in to our podcast version, and hey, good start. We good? We're all right? Can you hear me I now? hope so. Hopefully it stays that way. We're, we're hoping for the best here. We... Yeah, let, let's hope that doesn't happen like that. But thank you to everybody that's tuning in live. It seems like my internet is going to be crappy today, so we'll fight through that. But thank you to everybody that's also tuning in later on the podcast version. We have a good show for you guys today. There is a lag in Penguins hockey right now with the two games being canceled over the Devils COVID-19 protocols. But we still have tip of the iceberg podcast penguins talk for you so we'll get into all of that and then for the folks that are listening on the podcast version on thursday and friday we have an interview with megan of the slapshot sweethearts podcast we talk about her penguins fandom how she can have a quote-unquote soft spot for tom wilson yet still be a pence fan it's an interesting story so if you're tuned in live make sure you tune into the podcast to hear that but horwat how you doing today buddy doing good i'm doing great um Shot my shot and applied for a few, few things at the athletic, but there's that. And also, the it is the last day of the construction going on behind me, um, and they're still here as we speak. So here we go with the live show. If anything happens, I'll be quick <laughs> on the mute. We're here to have fun, and yeah, that's all I got today. Yeah, and we're not going to be here for too long tonight, just because yeah. we do have that interview already stocked for the podcast version. That. And I got the crap kicked out of me today, Horwat. I had training, got the crap kicked out of me. I'm a little sore talking. It's not as easy whenever you're sore everywhere, but we're going to fight through that. And we're going to talk some Pens hockey because that's what we do best. Isn't it not right? It's what we're here for. It's uh, what we do best. And yeah, we'll be short and sweet today. So maybe not short and sweet, but. Eh, as short and sweet as anybody can get here on the Hockey Podcast Network. But Let's talk a little bit of Penn's Rangers on Monday night. The Penguins lost 3-1 to to the New York Rangers. Of course, the third goal being an empty netter that got put in with about two seconds remaining by Artemi Panarin. But let's get into that in its entirety. First and foremost, Horwat, 
the reverse retro jerseys made their first appearance. And give me one second here. Going to pull it up. There they are. Beautiful. They look great. I think they were beautiful. What did you think of what they looked like actually on the ice? You know, uh, they do look great. They look great on the ice. They look great in use. I just like seeing when there's like a new jersey that comes out like this the full like everything gets redone like there's new pants to it maybe new gloves and socks i don't know the fact that it's just a new jersey on top of what we normally wear it doesn't take away from it too much but that's just my one critique of it other than that it's a good look um i enjoyed it but i think me you and shane were having the conversation from the sends hour on on twitter saying that uh you can only go so far with this, with this exact uh, style and logo and white jersey, I guess. You can only look at the word mark for so long. Don't get me wrong, it's great. Mm-hmm. But it would it would run its course fairly quickly in my eyes. So it's good that we're only wearing it this year and only for eight games, I think. Seven or eight, something like that. Eight games. Most of them on the road that we're going to wear them for one home game later in the season. And you know what? The last time we wear And you them. know what? That's fine because that's not like there's a crowd in play to see it anyway, which is why I thought that was an okay idea, just uh, wearing it on the road only. So, yeah, you know what? I, I like it. It could just get old quickly, and that's just my thoughts on it, my little critiques. I enjoyed it. I have a T-shirt of it, so I can't say too much bad about it. I don't have anything like that yet but i'm definitely looking to get something i love them when they came out i like what they look like in action i don't think there's much else they can do when it comes to pants and socks and everything like that because they have the same pants for every jersey all four of their jerseys they're wearing the same pants so it's not like they do anything different for different jerseys already but i agree that you know not that it would get old i don't think it would get old actually but I like the Penguins road jersey. So I don't want to see them get rid of those road jerseys. Right now, I like every single jersey the Pens have. And yes, I will fight and defend the gold jerseys until I die. But at the same time, that's my fourth favorite jersey that they have right now. That just goes to show that their jersey game is pretty good. Yeah. And this one, adding to it, definitely, I thought it looked good. Unfortunately, the Penguins didn't play well in them. And we'll get into that now. I mean, the, the game started Horwat. As any Pens game started this year, it's slow. Penguins looked lackadaisical. They looked like they weren't ready to play. And then they get that first goal. Jason Zucker, quick hands in front of the net. I think it was Rue Weedle, if I'm not mistaken, shoots it. I'm going to say intentionally and give him the benefit of the doubt because it was not a good shot if it wasn't intentional. But intentionally shoots it off the backboards and Zucker is able to put it away. His third goal of the season. What did you think about the Penguins start? compared to the way that they started the first nine games you know what we were we were in the lead so it looked better and it felt better it felt like a much better game because you got the lead against the new york rangers who are this year not a good team and holy shit might be turning into not a good organization but that's that's a story for a different podcast go to the uh blue shirts broadway which one are they broadway Broadway blue Blue shirts broadway blue shirts i was right Go listen to Andrew talk about it. I'm sure they've got the opinions that you'll want for that. Um, But you figure they're a team that's going through some shit, kind of like how the Penguins were in the second game against Boston. They're a team that's going through some stuff. And, you know, we got up on them quickly. And I thought, you know what? They might just turn this game in. 
and go into their off day and settle themselves out. But <clears throat> turns out they didn't do that. They decided to go into an off day uh, with a victory under their belt. And honestly, it's not their fault. It it was entirely on the Penguins for just not looking the greatest after that. The Penguins coming into this game, I was excited. Not that they had two games canceled on Tuesday and Thursday against the Devils, because I always want to watch more Pens hockey, but I was excited because I thought, man, now that they have, this will be, at least the way the schedule is set up now, this will be the longest break they have this season from Monday to Saturday. I figured they were going to leave it all out on the ice. They were going to empty the tanks. They, I don't even think they got a quarter tank emptied in that game because the effort minus one player on the ice, which it happens to happen a lot of time, minus that one player, it didn't look like there was too much effort. And that might just be because of the way that the Rangers were playing, but the Rangers were ready to play in this game. I don't think the Penguins were. And they got that one nothing lead going into the first intermission. And I had thought about something you've said on this show several times. Man, if they could only just not allow more than two goals, they might be in a good position here. They haven't played the greatest, but at the same time, they still got the lead. A one nothing lead. They haven't given up a goal. As we saw, that didn't hold. And as we already mentioned, that didn't hold true. But let me talk about that player that had tried during that game that I saw for the most part. Sidney Crosby no surprise there, is the guy that I saw trying very, very hard. And not only did he attempt the Michigan backhanded, yeah. and I, I will get your reaction to that in a second, but he also had a breakaway literally a couple minutes later where he backhanded it off the crossbar, just couldn't get a bounce on Monday evening. But Crosby is definitely starting to look more like Crosby should look. Somebody else doesn't. I'll get into that later, but... What were your thoughts on the Michigan attempt by Sidney Crosby on Monday night? Only he would try and one-up it. <laughs> that was my thought on it. At first I saw him do it. I was like, yeah, we've seen Crosby do it before. I'm sure you can find the blurry footage of him and Ramuski doing it. <clears throat> and then Sveshnikov doing it a couple times last year, and it just rebirthing, basically, because of that. Um of course Crosby would just try and one-up it and do a backhand. That's his game, man. He said, yeah, cool, I can do that. Let me do something I can't do. And maybe not put it that way, but let me improve on it. Let me make it better because I am the best in the world. I don't care if Connor McDavid has 22 points. <laughs> let me be better than him. And he, I'll, I bet you if he did it normally, maybe he would have put it in. I think his quote after the game was that uh, – goalies are smart to it now or it's like along those lines where goalies are kind of expecting it um so you ro you really got to get them off guard for them to not let it in because let's be fair that's probably an easy shot to stop if the goalie is ready for it you just pin yourself up against the post that's all you have yeah. to do to stop it but it's the fact that before Svechnikov brought it in last year for Carolina the Quiznos it was something that people were not looking forward to. I, what, what? What? Did I say something funny? Oh, it was. That's great, <laughs> man. That's great. The, one of the few times that Penguins Twitter has actually gone out and roasted another NHL Twitter. Yeah, account. but then we took the L. So. Not only did we take the L, somebody posted the fact that the Quiznos logo was made after the Carolina Hurricanes logo, so that didn't help either. Well, that but one I did not know. It, it was it was a quick jab, and I liked that. But as far as the him trying the Michigan. It's not for youngins. It's for all ages is, is what I learned from that. And Sidney Crosby trying it. Now we just got to get like Jumbo Joe Thornton to try it. That'd be, that'd be 
something to behold. But Sidney Crosby trying it, I don't think that's the last time we see that. Now that he saw how close he got, I don't think that's the last time that we see him attempt the Michigan in the NHL. I bet it's not the last time, but I bet it's the last time we see it in a close game. Yeah, it was. Were it we was one nothing. Up still. One nothing yeah. or one one. It was one nothing still. Um. Still. Yeah, we we have to enjoy our leads while we can get them. Um, not saying that if Crosby has his opportunity to do it to take a lead or to tie a game up, he's gonna take because yeah, he'll take that opportunity. But at the same time, it's such a weird move that if you mess it up, something could happen. It could go the other way. I say that it's probably the last time we see it in a close game because of that reason alone. You kind of it's all or nothing when you do something like that. Granted, it's Crosby. He could do it whenever he wants. He could succeed at it whenever he wants. Um, you just got to wait for that opportunity again. He said like his opportunity came because he's not usually behind the net with that much space and time. And goalies are just smart to it. That's all there is to it. It sucks that he couldn't do it. He tried his best to make it better. But I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll, I'm sure we'll see it again at least once. Um, and I think... I think Sveshnikov was thinking about doing it himself in his game. His game went to overtime against Chicago last night. So, uh, we'll see it. The league's getting fun again. So, just enjoy the ride, man. Yeah, the league is getting fun, and the game was getting fun at that point because the Penguins were up one yeah. nothing, even though they weren't playing the greatest hockey that and we dis- expect them and to dismantling play. dismantling the Rangers' defense. Yeah. That's, I mean, we looked phenomenal up until we got on, until we went on the power play, which, let's be real, that's the biggest talking point that we should be getting to. That's exactly where I was mm-hmm. going with this. The Pittsburgh Penguins power play, and I meant to look up the last couple of games because it has not been good since the Tuesday afternoon game, or not afternoon, the Tuesday night game last week against the Boston Bruins, but on Monday, the Penguins were 0 for 6 on the power play. No conversions, seven shots in six power plays. So in 12 minutes of power play time, you mustered up seven shots and not many were actually high danger opportunities for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Malkin's stick handling was awful all day. He couldn't pass the puck. When he passed it, it was a dribbler and it was hard for the recipient, excuse me, to receive it. And whenever he got passes to him, he couldn't handle it. I don't know what that is about him because usually that's something that he does better than most. But he's turning the puck over way more than anybody else on that power play. He is making poor passes more than anybody else, and he still refuses to shoot the puck. I'm going to say this, and I'm sure I'm going to get some blowback by a couple people. Maybe you try taking Evgeny Malkin off the top unit. Yeah, at this point, you do anything. It's That's the way I see it. I'm not worried about who's on the top unit anymore. I think I said this to... I said this in our group chat with Doug. Put our fucking PK out there at this point. Someone's got to shoot the puck. Someone has to. I don't care who it is anymore. Put, put can we can we put our backup goalie out there? Can we <laughs> like what are, what can and can't we do? Because whatever we can do and are allowed to do, do it. You know what you are allowed to do and can do? Shoot the damn puck. As basic as it sounds, it's the thing that we need to do. All yeah. there is to it. I mean, oh, just I had Jesse Marshall tweets saved. I gotta find them again. While you're looking up that, I with me, I think Malkin has struggled, 
and usually you need to shoot your way out of those struggles. He's not shooting the puck on the power play. He is starting to shoot a little bit more at five on five, and that's fine, but the way the power play is going, and especially since you're getting six opportunities, they've gotten six opportunities in at least three games this year, and we're only 10 into the season. So maybe take him off that first power play unit. Maybe that lights a fire under his butt, and maybe it gets him going somewhere, but at the same time, like you said, Get somebody out there that's going to shoot the puck. We have too many guys that are passive and are trying to quarterback the power play. We have Crosby quarterbacking the power play from the low boards. We have Malkin doing it from the high boards. We have whoever's the defenseman out there, whether it's Marino or when he's healthy, Chris Letang. They're all trying to quarterback. Watch watch the Super Bowl this Sunday. Dra- use DraftKings to bet on it. But watch the Super Bowl this Sunday. How many quarterbacks are going to be out there at once? One. It's not the New Orleans Saints playing, so it's only going to be one. of the time, it's going to be one. Why do you have three quarterbacks of a power play? You don't need it. You need one guy to be out there heading the effort and get a trigger man out there. If Malkin's out, put Rust and Gensel in there. Gensel, as a net front presence, isn't doing you any favors. Because you're not getting pucks on net. That might be part of it. He might be able to do favors if, you know... You did the. There was actually a rebound for him. Yeah, to get. if you actually yeah. took the shots. I found the tweets from Jesse Marshall. So he went into saying um, that the power play is gonna get the old-fashioned video breakdown. You know, coming soon. There'll be a lot of crying and gnashing of teeth. Chris Muller replied to it. Jesse, I think they ought to shoot more. <laughs> Jesse Marshall quoted it and gave the stats: seventy-one point nine shot attempts per hour, good for thirty-first in the NHL. First of all, I'm going to say this right now. I have no idea what numbers I'm reading. I'm just seeing 31st <laughs> in the NHL, and I know that's last. And yeah. then Something you want to be not last in, the Penguins are last. Yep, 4.33 expected goals per hour. Good for 31st in the NHL. Look on the bright side. They're better than the Seattle Kraken. <laughs> you know what? Hey. Uh, as of right now, the only member of that team I can name is Ron Francis, and I bet you he's got better numbers. Ron Francis, Jason Botterill's the AGM over uh, there, but we'll see if that lasts. Yeah, and he finished it with those two things are directly related, and Chris's point are very bad. So, yeah, they ought to just shoot the puck more. Let's start with the basics. Fundamentals, people. And we don't want to sound like the ignorant, extremely intoxicated hockey fan that is at every NHL, every AHL, every ECHL every peewee game but you know what that just says shoot the puck we we're not trying to say it like that but when you see the problem as clear as day as it is yeah you need to shoot the puck yeah, we're not trying to sound like them but you know what they have a damn good point right now <laughs> they do. you guys are making a great point and we're not making any points so it'd be nice if you know we just i mean we know crosby can score and shoot the puck we know malkin can do that we know we kind of know Latang can do it anymore. We know Gensel can do it. We know Zucker, who's never out there, can do it. We have guys that we know can do this. Why yeah. are we not? Why is this so hard? I think I would like. Go I ahead, think sorry. I said it this season. If if not, I know I definitely said it last season, and the season before that, and the season before that, and then times before that when we didn't have a radio show or a microphone in front of us. <laughs> there is no reason why a team with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, at the minimum are not number one, number two, number three power plays in the league every season. So that stat that I brought up the other day where the Penguins power play is first in the league or a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago, 
yet that was just an anomaly of it being the beginning of the season because that Mm. sure is gone if it's not i'm not looking at that number for the rest of the season There was a lot to be said about Todd Reardon's hiring in Pittsburgh after his subsequent firing from Washington as the head coach. And the big thing was that he is going to revitalize the Penguins' defense, which we can't judge that right now. They're on their 11th defenseman because of all the injuries. And he was going to revitalize the Penguins' power play, which was, if anything, more important. And so far, he has failed. There's no way to put that other than the fact that he has failed in that. And now, what can he do? I say... Not forever, but take Malkin off that power play. He's struggling right now, and you can't afford to go 0 for 6 and lose a game essentially 2 to 1, 3 to 1 with the empty net. When the other team is scoring on the power play. Exactly. Now, what you can do, I I know you said Jake Gensel is a net front presence. If there's rebounds, he is pretty dangerous there. I think he's more dangerous with his shot, yeah. and I think Jason Zucker is just as lethal. And we saw it in this game around the net, in the crease. Put Jason Zucker in the front there. Have Gensel and Rust as triggermen. Crosby and is on that near board. And whoever you want up there, P.O. Joseph, John Marino, who I don't think is ready for that position, but injuries, I digress. Ooh. Or Chris Letang, they're quarterbacking. Crosby doesn't need to quarterback the power play. He's proven that. But here's the problem. Only one quarterback. We have three as of right now, the way that we're setting it up, and it's not working. So... That's something that needs to be fixed. The Penguins went on to lose that game, like we said, 3-1. to one. Now they're off until Saturday, and they face the New York Islanders on Saturday in a weird one-off where it's not two games back-to-back. It's just one game against the Islanders Saturday. So we'll see if they make any changes then. But for the Pittsburgh Penguins, a little bit of a look into the general manager search. Some names have dropped and some names have been added. Of course, as we reported on our Monday episode, Patrick Alvine will get the first interview. He is the current interim general manager for the Penguins. Kevin Weeks will be among the first interviewed as well. So Weeksy was interviewing for some GM jobs over the offseason. Now he's going to be interviewing for the Penguins one. But the other news, Chris Drury has taken himself out of the running. He said he's not ready to leave New York City, not ready to leave the Rangers organization, and it's fine. That makes sense. That's where he played his hockey That's where you would think he'd like to stay in that ability. And who knows, maybe he was promised a promotion if he was able to stay with the Rangers. But also the Boston Bruins are allowing the Penguins to interview John Ferguson Jr., who is an AGM up there as well. So just a little insight into the Penguins GM search. It seems like it's starting to heat up and there could be a GM named in as little as a week to maybe even three weeks. And then if not, if it doesn't happen by then, we probably are waiting till the end of the season. Yeah, I saw the the headline that was that... uh... They might have, they're trying to get one within two to three weeks, I think, or they should have one within two to three weeks. Um, some of the names just seem so interesting. Kevin Weeks, I love that idea. Mike Fuda? Yeah. I, people <laughs> keep throwing out Ron Hextall. I want your thoughts on this because I'm against the Ron Hextall idea, and that's not just because he played for the Flyers. Yeah. But it's because of the work he did with the Flyers that just didn't seem great. Unless I'm missing something, as, as GM, yeah. Unless I'm missing something, this is some like this could be a question for the pigeons. Yeah, the three pigeons podcast. Which the last time you mentioned Ron Hextall, and, and you're not wishing to have him be the Penguins general manager, they actually mentioned it on their episode. Yeah. But I, the problem w- with what you're saying is, and I, I know 
He hasn't been the GM there for, I believe, a year or a two. Longer. It's been a while, I thought. But the players that are there now, the young players, the Travis Konechny's, I believe, the uh, Nick Obey-Kubel's, the Joel Farabee's, the uh, Carter Hart, or Katahat, if you will, they were all products of Ron Hextall. So he built the team that is now currently in first place in the East. Okay, and I mean, they haven't been able to do that with early round picks because they've been a fairly decent team for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Uh, Nolan Patrick was a num- Nolan Patrick number two, number but two, but again, they they severely profited from yeah the lottery. They moved up a lot of spots. They were never bottom three in the league, but they've been consistently in that second tier bubble, almost making the playoffs or just missing the playoffs. Yeah, and I get that he's built that team. I just remember when his time was ending there, it wasn't good. Like it, like people were calling for his firing for a while. It was like, and part of that could also be the coach because Elaine Vigneault is the reason that that team took it to a next level. Yes, I mean, I just I look at Hextall and I really wonder. I mean, plus Rob Brown's not in our organization at all, is he? He is not. All right, so there's not that issue there. He he, Robbie Brown is not in the Penguins organization because we definitely would not want a repeat of what happened in the early '90s, late '80s, whichever one it was. I get, like, if Ron Hextall is a great GM, sure, go for it. You know more than me, clearly. But I will just bring it into now it being, well, that'd be the weirdest damn thing. It would be very strange. Yeah. Yeah. I get he played for other teams, but come on, he made his name in Philly. I think of Ron Hextall, I think of him in that ugly-ass orange. Yeah. Like, that. that's Ron Hextall. Literally, when I hear the name Ron Hextall, I think of him chasing Rob Brown. So. Yeah, I'd be it'd be interesting to say the least. I mean, imagine imagine saying that to someone in the '90s. Hey, one day, Mario Lemieux and Ron Hextall are gonna be coworkers. In the front office, yeah, coworkers in a front office of an NHL organization. You could have really thrown it up a notch if you said in the Rangers organization. <laughs> oh, my. yeah, that that will never happen. That is, if that happens, COVID is the least of our worries. The world is gonna end, not as we know it. It's just gonna end. It's gonna be just. Fade to black. Done. Yeah, but I mean, but we've seen some good names on that list. Um, we have. It'll be interesting, and it's going to be a wild ride, to say the least. We, we've seen some good names, and then we've also seen Peter Shirelli. But I, I won't. I won't See, get into that's that a, one. Like, that falls in like the. I won't get into yeah, that, that falls one. Falls like the Hextall category to me. I just maybe I don't know much, but. I'm giving Hextall more credit than Peter. That's Shirelli, fair. Though. So am I. <laughs> but before we do a quick around the league, we're going to tell you guys what we've seen from the NHL in its first almost month of the 2021 season. Good luck to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, who on Saturday will be opening up their season. It's been a long ride for Wilkes-Barre. We're going to get to see some of our prospects in action, including Emil Larmy, who me and you both enjoy and who is a great social media follow if you like fun hockey players to follow. And also, I believe we sent down a couple other players from our taxi squad that will get the start there. I know Anthony Angelo is currently down there. So we're finally going to get to see that second tier. We've seen Wheeling, and it has not looked good. <laughs> but we've seen Wheeling play. Now we're going to get to see the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins play. I know good friend of the show, Richard Blosser, is extremely excited for his Hershey Bears. I'm sorry, Richard, but let's go Pens, even the baby Pens. Hoping for a good season for Wilkes-Barre. Horrod, are you going you gonna to watch any of the opening weekend action for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins? Probably not, because I'm going to forget it's happening, honestly. I'll be tra- <laughs> I'll be seeing scores, I know that. I follow them on Twitter and everything, so um, I'll at least be seeing scores and keeping up to date a little bit. 
So let's get into a quick around the league before we take a break. And for those of you listening on the podcast version, you will get the interview that we did with Megan of the Slapshot Sweethearts podcast. So whenever we cut to break, you on the podcast will hear that. But if not, and you're on our live stream, we thank you for tuning in. We will be coming straight into our shout-outs and call-outs segment to wrap out this week. But before that, like we said, around the league, the big thing that caught my eye, and I feel like it's caught everybody's eye, is the fact that Connor McDavid <laughs> and Leon Dreisaitl are blowing everybody away in the points race right now. Both of them have 22 and 23 points, respectively, and the next closest player is at 14. So they're on a roll. It was very much helped by their six-point and seven-point games on, on Sunday. But at the same time, they haven't slowed down. Connor McDavid last weekend had a sick goal in their reverse retros against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it just seems like that is something that he happens to want to do every time he plays Toronto. So those two, and it hasn't really necessarily translated to first place in the North because there's still Toronto and another team I'm sure one of us will bring up here in the next 20 minutes. But definitely McDavid and Dreisaitl, they're gonna one of them's gonna win the art ross again this year it, it's very hard to see how somebody else is gonna catch there goes up. your prediction eh yeah Sidney crosby's not quite met my standards of where i thought he'd be he's still playing great but he's not art ross material as at of the yet. same time no one expected mcdavid or dry saddle to be at this point that maybe in the lead but not this far it's it's tw- they're on pace for 100 plus points in a 56 game <laughs> 50 season games. What the hell is that? Their team sucks. Nico Koskinen has played every game. All but one, I think. Does Mike Smith hurt or yes, something? Yes, actually he because, is. Oh, that's why. See, I wouldn't I would not play. <laughs> I would not play whoever the backup to Miko Koskinen is. Uh, would you but would you play Mike Smith? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. That is an ugly team. It is literally two guys carrying. They have. Listen, I'm not going to say this just two guys. Yessi Puyi had two goals last night. Dominic Cahoon has played very well, former Pittsburgh Penguin. They're... And then they have Ryan Nugent Hopkins and, and James Neal, who can also score goals when they want. So they're currently fourth. They're six and six. So the fact that they're breaking 500, I guess, is okay. With one goaltender? Yeah. I mean, their backup has, I think, played a game now. But first of all, think of the amount of... Oh, my goodness. Think of the amount of points that McDavid and Dreisaitl have gotten, right? They're still a negative goal differential. This... I'm sorry. This team is not making the playoffs. As good as those two are, if they get in, they're getting in by a point in the fourth position. Because just... Yeah, you have two great players. The rest of this team is a gong show. You got James Neal. Cool. He had that one good month last year. What's he done since, really? Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Okay, I'll give you that. Paul Yarby seems to be pulling around. That's cool. See if that lasts. Who's on your defense? And who's in net? Your stats where you're screwed. You can score all the goals you want. You gotta stop a couple. Sounds like us right now. <laughs> we can score all the goals we want, but we also got to stop a couple. And we got to start shooting it, but that's us. Clearly, they're shooting it. Yeah. Other than that, I mean, man, the the North Division, the Scotia Banks, or just the Scotia North, 
division. <laughs> this is an interesting place. Yeah, and it's been fun to watch because oh, yeah. every night, aside from the Ottawa Senators, every night you have no idea who's going to win. I steer clear of betting on any North Division games usually, unless, of course, the Senators are playing because the Senators, after winning their first game, have lost, I believe, nine in a row, and they have not looked good doing it. seven losses in a row, yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say they have not looked good doing it because their new jerseys are, are really nice, but they have not played well doing it, I should say. But Horwat, what do you have from around the league? Anything that's caught your eye besides the Edmonton Oilers? And by that, I mean Drysaddle McDavid? Yeah, it's um, this headline that I found on NHL.com before we started today. Uh, players who have made the most, who have made the biggest impact on new teams. Because mm-hmm. there's been a lot of change this over this summer, offseason, fall. That we were, I was kind of going into the season thinking, I'm going to hear a name on a team and totally forget that happened, i.e. Thomas Grice in Detroit. Wearing number 29, no less. Um, but some of the names listed on here, Char with the Capitals, which, by the way, hey, did you know did you notice Zdeno Char is on the Capitals? I did, and he scored two goals. Cool. Um, <laughs> then there's Jacob Marks from Calgary. Calgary, I think, is in sixth in the north right now, so... They're in second to last place or third to last... They're, they're not doing great. Okay, so there's that. Uh, Pittsburgh native Brandon Saad for Colorado. I guess that's cool that he's doing well out there. He has. I, in everything I've seen, he's been making a real big difference on a team that, let's be real, came into the season not needing another difference maker, that's for sure. Uh, but they do now, considering they have an injury list about as long as ours. Oh, I did see McK- McKinnon. McKinnon's out. hurt, I think. Devon Taves is hurt, too. They've lost some names this year so far. Um, then there's Chris Tanev, also with the Calgary Flames. Uh, okay, cool. Again, the Flames are second to last in the North. You can mm-hmm. only do so much with that. Uh, Tyler Toffoli, who uh, I will I will go on and on about Tyler Toffoli. I, He's your favorite non-Penguin, isn't he? On a normal... Probably at this point. On a normal season, yeah. I would have. I said this before. On a normal season, I'm shooting for the moon for this guy, for our uh, for the Penguins. Now he's leading the league in goals with Montreal. First of all, who had him before? Vancouver. How stupid does Vancouver look right now? Yeah, but they had to clear some space. If they would have re-signed him, they got Pedersen and Hughes coming up. That would have been tough. I, yeah, but still. And the last one on here is Carter Verhage yeah. in Florida, which, okay. Oh, wait, where? I missed a big one. There it is. Patrick it was Hornquist? hiding. Patrick Hornquist, which, <laughs> which let's discuss. Patrick Hornquist has how many power play goals? Four, I believe. It's whatever it is. It's one less than the Penguins have as a team right now. Patrick Hornquist has, he has shaved four years off of his age on that team revitalized in pit eh, not in pittsburgh he was revitalized in pittsburgh in 2014 but he's revitalized once again in florida mm-hmm. for the panthers he's he's been playing well he has yeah let's see if he can sustain it that's that's where i'm at with that it was his time to go it people was. saying oh why did we trade him it was his time to go but we're just it, it definitely was his time to go it just hurts seeing that we traded away a fan favorite who mm-hmm let's be real, was going to leave at some point for a guy that is now hurt. Yeah, the optics of that is pretty bad. It doesn't look good. Don't get me wrong, it could turn around. 
Patrick Horkus can fall off the face of the earth. He's 34 years old and plays one of the hardest styles of game I've ever seen. Multiple concussions. This could fall off a cliff. For now, yeah. he's just and here's playing also really the thing. well. For now, Matheson yeah. is hurt. He could come back and be, he could come back and be worth every penny of his contract. Ooh, I, I mean, it, it, anything's possible. Yeah. Go ahead with what you were gonna say, because that's all I had on it. It's the th- everything could turn in a different direction. Yeah, and you're and you're right. But here's the thing with Hornquist too; he's getting to play on the top six down there with Sasha Barkov and with Jonathan Huberdeau. Second line of Huberdeau and Alex Wenberg. Yeah, that's a good line. Here, there, and the problem is, in Pittsburgh, he's not on the top two lines right now. No. He's not. He's not playing on the top two lines, and he can't be effective on a third and fourth line. And that's the problem Pittsburgh had, and that's why it was time for him to leave. Now he goes down to Florida. He gets an opportunity to play with a very offensively sound team, which Florida has been for yeah. the past five seasons. Yeah. And he gets to go down there and play with, you said, Huberto and, and Wenberg? Yeah. Wenberg has been very effective for Columbus when he played for them, and he's been very effective in Florida as well from what I've seen so far. And Jonathan Huberto, along with Sasha Barkov, the most underrated star duo in the league. I know when we had Paul Steigerwald on this episode for episode 100, he said we, not we specifically, but... People overuse the term superstar. I won't call them superstars. I'll call them stars. It's, They're stars in this league. It's to go along with Steigerwald's only two or three stars or two or three superstars thing. It hurts that they play in Florida. That's it kind does. of the issue there. You put either of those guys on different teams, almost any other team in this league, maybe not Arizona, maybe not the Ducks at this point. You put them on any other team in this league you're they're getting the headline treatment every other day especially Barkov it hurts that they're in Florida I mean hopefully my connection can stay on for this while I flip pages are they still the only team in the league that hasn't lost in regulation I'm not sure has Carolina Carolina has it was Washington has it was Florida and Washington at one point it's just Florida Yeah, Washington lost the other night it's just Florida now granted they played six games but they're 5-0 and 1 and if you leave it at points percentage for the league, which is how it, this season might end, mm-hmm. uh, that, I believe, is first. <laughs> In the NHL. 9-17 nine, uh, nine points percentage is first over second place is Carolina at 8.857. Yeah. So, I'm not saying not that can sustain because mm-hmm. I don't know what their goaltending situation is, really. I guess Rager. Bobrovsky and Drieger. I guess Drieger's been playing great because I haven't seen Bobrovsky play that much. They've been splitting. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, neither of them have a regulation loss yet, so there's that. Um, they're a team to keep an eye on if you can, if you care. That central division is very weak, so if there's a team that's going to take advantage of it, take advantage in that central. Because other than you have Tampa... And I'm trying to think of who else is in that central that that's dangerous because I, I right now I'm I'm coming up with Chicago and Detroit, Nashville. It's not a strong division. So Dallas. I mean Columbus has has been okay, but we'll we'll see what happens with that. And when you're talking about players that are on teams that I forgot about, Bobby Ryan had a really hot start to the season for Detroit, but 
I digress on that point. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, if you're listening to the podcast version, you will hear our interview with Megan of the Slapshot Sweethearts podcast. And if you're on our live stream on Facebook Live or Twitter Live, you'll be going straight to our shout-outs and call-outs segment. So we will be right back here on the tip of the iceberg. This episode of the tip of the iceberg is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the belt grooming, offering precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? I may not be a contractor, but even I know that if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. This is why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, featuring advanced skin safe technology to keep your soldier polished and cut free. If you're like me and like to handle this kind of business in the shower, the Lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof and features an LED light, so even guys as blind as I am can see what they're doing. If you are listening to me, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and you too can experience it firsthand. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THPN at manscaped.com. Again, that's code THPN for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Trust me, your balls will thank you. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey podcast network we are joined by a very special guest right now from the slapshot sweethearts podcast megan megan how's it going today good how are you guys doing we're doing all right it's the winter wonderland is coming back to pittsburgh so it's a little cold here and it's hit dc for the first time this winter so getting used to it <laughs> good good well thank you for having me well, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. It's been kind of in the works for a couple weeks now. I don't want to say for too long because as soon as you guys started your podcast, we kind of made a connection on the podcast networks and and I joined a live stream with you guys last week. So we figured we definitely wanted to have you guys on soon and we're happy to have you on less than a week later. So we're excited for a continued cross-brand promotion and just getting to sit down and talk with you guys about the NHL and the Pittsburgh Penguins, who I hear is one of your favorite teams, Megan. Yes, they are my go-to guys. I've been a Penguins fan since, you know, since birth. Got it from my dad who grew up in Pittsburgh, and now I'm a bigger fan than he is. Definitely an experience. Hey, sometimes that's how it goes. Somebody introduces you to something, and you take off running with it, and they look at you and say, well, I didn't expect it to turn into that, but... Speaking of something like that, what led you guys to start the podcast together, the uh, Slapshot Sweethearts podcast that you can see and listen to on Apple Podcasts? And I'm sure you'll tell us where else we can find it. But what led you guys to start that podcast? Yeah, so Shannon is actually the basketball department head and my co-host for Belly Up Sports. And they came to her and they were like, hey, we'd love for you to do this podcast. Um, like, it's kind of yours to make what you want. And Shannon came to me, we went to college together, we were in the same sorority together, and we were kind of like the two girls who were always into sports of like, you know, the bunch. So she came to me and it'd been like a while since we got to like spend a lot of time together since I left DC when we graduated college. Um, and I jumped on the opportunity. I was like, heck yeah, I'd love to talk about hockey. 
So, you know, we just kind of took it and ran and never looked back now. So you guys have been covering hockey and obviously this season has been a little different in the way that there aren't fans anywhere or if there are, it's low numbers like places in Dallas. But how different has the game felt this year or even into the bubble last uh, playoffs than it has, in, has normally? I mean, obviously no fans, but what other changes do you have you noticed that have been made? Yeah, the playoffs felt weird for me last year. It just like coming in at a weird point and then obviously getting out fairly early. It just like I didn't get back into it because it was just kind of like too quick for me to like really have a passion for it for a minute. Um, but getting back here, like the anticipation was killing me and I was like, I'm so ready. But it's definitely weird not having the fans to like watch it like makes me shannon and i fight about like hockey ads all the time and how like i think like i don't notice them they're not really necessary for the sport like all this stuff and she's like they're on the boards they're on the ice and i was like why are you watching the ice and the boards like there's a hockey game happening and i think that not having fans and like not having excitement around has made me be like what are the ads and the seats what's happening here and it's like all this debate with shannon i just feel like i'm paying attention to weirder things and i'm like why isn't this as exciting? Like, especially like with players who like aren't playing as strong because of it, it's kind of a weird time. Now, before we move into rest of league news and even some more deeper Penguins issues, I do have to know, you told us that you're a Penguins fan and I, I believe you, don't worry. I, I do believe you in that sense, but I did hear on your first episode that you are a self-proclaimed or you have, I should say, a self-proclaimed soft spot for Tom Wilson how does that work per se? I do. I it, I got it in college. So like I was going to more games than Penguins games when I was in DC. So I was like, okay, like I'll give the Caps a chance. I actually have a Tom Wilson jersey being shipped to me at the moment um, of their new cool blue ones. But <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like, I'll never choose him over the Penguins. Like if it comes down to it, like the pens all the way. But Tom Wilson, he's just like, you know, he's not bad to look at. And I, I'm big into fights. So, like, to have, like, an enforcer, I'm like, yes, I'm in. I will give you that much, at least. The new Caps blue jerseys are a, definitely a step up than any other Caps right? They look good. Yeah, I was going to get the reverse retro because I was like, I need, like, a jersey. Like, I want to expand my collection. But then these came out, and I was like, Shannon, I'm not getting reverse retro anymore. Like, this is the one. I'll, are you sorry? I don't. I don't mean to cut you off, or what? But are I you? I was just gonna say I'll keep my opinions of Washington Capitals jerseys <laughs> out of this one. So, Meg, are you trying to get a jersey from all thirty-one teams and soon to be thirty-two with Seattle? We're thinking about it. Shannon and I send each other pictures all the time. Being like, okay, do you like this? And which one? So, like, eventually, I think that'd be fun to do, but it's just such an expensive habit. Yeah. Like someone even like messaged us and saw that we were talking about what was it the Dallas Stars jersey or something and they were like you guys need those and I was like well if you want to send me one I'll take it but like <laughs> I'm not gonna drop two hundred dollars tomorrow on a team that I don't necessarily care about too much. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> you just gotta find them all on eBay and go from there. That's how I've been doing mine. Uh, but honestly, it's smart. Yeah, eBay and these other sites always all these Twitter pages are selling a bunch for cheap, but now getting into the real hockey talk and discussion of this, um, obviously you're a Penguins fan and what have the teams and the Penguins main issues been so far and what needs to change for things to get better? How can we fix it? 
I think a lot of our issue stems from the defense. Like there's just been such issues with injuries now. And like, granted the guys who are coming up to help have been great. P.O. Joseph, perfect example of a guy who came up and now is like making a splash. Obviously your Twitter now, the P.O. show I'm so here for. Um, But we really need everyone to stay healthy if we want to actually move forward this season. I know, I don't know what's wrong with the defense like even you can't even blame that on like personnel it's just kind of like there's no one there like when we keep putting so much pressure on Jari and to Smith and obviously we can't win games and stop every goal from a goaltender perspective but if the defense doesn't pick it up it's definitely going to be a struggle moving forward especially in such a short season there's not time to get it together and how much of that do you put on now John Marino being the only defenseman that has played in every single game and he's only in his second season, and it almost seemed after last year that the reins were almost in his hands, at least a little bit, to see how he can drive the car on the blue line. And now it kind of almost seems like he is the guy for that defense. We talked on Monday, me and Horwat, about who the leader of this defense is and if there's a leader. How much of that pressure is now on John Marino, who is the only player to have played in every single game for the Penguins on the blue line? Yeah, honestly, so much. Like, it's hard when everyone's just out. Like you want to, as like a Pens fan for a while, you want to be like, Oh, Chris Letang can come in and make a splash, but he's just like not holding up his end of the bargain. Like he was doing great in like the three on threes and some power play kills like early, like the first like two weeks or so, but now he's not here. I don't know how long that's going to go for when he seems like he's never really around which is like a shame, but it's hard. And like Matheson was great for a second. He's out then. Pedersen's always kind of been decently reliable, but still not. It's just hard when there's no one really there other than Marino to throw it back to. And and that's really fair. And that's what's landed the Pittsburgh Penguins right now in fourth place in the East, which is, as we talked about on your Thursday live episode, it is a beast of an East division. Through three weeks, who is your favorite in this division? And then after you you answer that, also in the league, who have you seen that has really caught your attention early on this season? I wasn't really expecting the Flyers to do as well as they've been doing. I, when Shannon and I did our preseason rankings, I had them below the middle line. I expected more of the Islanders. I kind of wanted them to come and actually make something of themselves. Not saying they still can't, but it hasn't happened so far. But overall, I mean, the Capitals are kind of the team to beat still. Like, even with all their protocol mishaps, not having people in all the time, it's still, they're still the team to beat, and it's definitely going to be a struggle through the rest of the season. Sorry, go go ahead, Horwat. No, you're good. I was just going to jump into the next question. You can go ahead. I was just going to say the Islanders are making my preseason prediction of them being in seventh a little bit more of a reality now. So I don't I don't want to get too on their backs about that because they're doing what I expect them to do. But what about the entire league? Other than the East Division, is there a team that has stood out to you and saying, wow, this team is a contender so far and either they met your expectations or they completely blew your expectations out of the water, at least this far into the season? Yeah, I mean, coming out of the West, Vegas, I there's my jerseys right behind me. Like, my Vegas team has been doing pretty well. I kind of followed the fandom there when they took Flurry, um, which is what my jersey is. And it's just, they definitely are meeting my expectations. They have a solid, like, obviously, their two-goalie system that they're kind of going back and forth with right now. 
is really working for them forward defense. They're kind of all together doing pretty well. I expected more from Colorado. I know like it's too early to kind of like count it out that they won't be number one and everyone's kind of expecting like, oh, they're going to come back, finish strong. But it's kind of like they haven't been top tier in my opinion, as I expected. But then also kind of surprised to see Canada around the top there, but also it's just like a different caliber. So it almost seems unfair to count their points on the same scale as say the East division. <laughs> That's fair. I never thought of looking at looking at each division and counting their points against each other, which is an interesting take though, an interesting way of looking at it. Um, but other than that, also in the current standings, like Montreal's up there doing fairly well right now. Teams like Florida and right now Tampa is not in a playoff spot. Is that something that can continue or is this just the oddities of the early season? Like what are the chances that those three teams stay where they are? Yeah, I think it's partly the early season, partly for at least Tampa, the issue that the Central just hasn't played the same number of games. So it's like you're never going to be ranked against teams of your caliber if you're missing games like Vegas has fallen to number 11 in the league because they've missed three games. Meanwhile, they were number one or two for what, two weeks. Like, so it's hard to even compare people right now, but like you're saying Montreal, I'm not mad at it. I, they can deserve it. I just, like I was saying, the caliber of play to come out of the North isn't necessarily the same. So it's hard to compare it to like, how Vegas is doing, how Colorado is doing, how the Bruins and the Caps are doing. It's just kind of a different scale there. I mean, they're all going against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, who are getting two points a game, though. So it's a little rough. It is a little different. But they're also playing against Ottawa seven times, who might not get five wins this year. So it all depends. The North is a very weird division that um, – I expected it to be a lot closer than it has been so far, I think. I think I expected Ottawa to do at least a little more. But, again, it is still early in the season. We'll see where things go. Mm -hmm. Same with Calgary. It's like I never really expected them to do much, so it like makes sense they only have seven points. But let's face it with the Canadians. The better they do this year, the less embarrassing the Penguins' lost to them looks last year during the playoffs. And I'm, I'm not going to say it completely absolves the Penguins because they did look awful and – Montreal was the 24 seed going into that, but hey, they're doing pretty good this year, so that proves that they're a pretty good team, so absolves Pittsburgh a little bit, don't you think? It just, it just like, helps. Like, maybe not when you look at, like, the play, but, like, when you look at, like, the numbers, you're just kind of like, okay, I don't feel as bad. Exactly, and the big thing with that, too, is the fact that you mentioned the Canadian division is all weird teams that are you a top team or are you a middling team? And then there's Ottawa with poor Matt Murray, who is just getting shelled every single night. But when it comes to something that we're starting to see now, which is the reverse retros actually starting to get worn, we finally started to see it this past weekend. As we're recording this, the Penguins are getting ready to wear theirs for the first time. What was your favorite reverse retro when they came out? I know you said you had thought to get a Capitals one, but what was your favorite reverse retro when they came out? The Capitals definitely was the, my favorite. Um, when I went through the listing of all of it, I also, so I pre-COVID was living in New York City. That's where I work out of. Um, and I really liked the Rangers one. It felt like very much like New York pride, but I would never really get a Rangers jersey unless it was like, you know, on sale or like really cheap. But I did like that a lot. Um, a lot of the jerseys that I'm not necessarily 
not necessarily going towards the reverse retro, but just kind of like alternate jerseys. Like I think Dallas has some pretty cool jerseys, like not even going into reverse retro. It's just like, those are some cool colors. I know Shane, I've been looking at Anaheim Bucks jerseys also kind of cool just on their own. But I feel like as people drop more alternate jerseys, they're kind of outweighing the excitement of the reverse retro. That's fair because it's just starting to basically dilute everything. It's all getting watered down and overused. I've, You're right about the Dallas one, though. I, for one, really enjoyed the bright lime green or neon green and the black. I mean, if anybody was to see my uh, Grand Theft Auto car collection, it's all that color. Plus a little <laughs> bit more white, so I enjoyed that color scheme. And some that, people didn't like it. Cause someone commented on one of our posts because we posted it because we thought it was cool. And she's like, "I feel like I'm too stimulated. Like my eyes can't handle the brightness." And I was like, "Well, it didn't help that in their, it didn't help that in their promo pictures they put it against a black background, so it really just out of oh. nowhere came and hit your eye. But I think whenever it was on the ice that first time they wore it, it looked a lot better than it did in those promo pictures. And I thought it looked great on the ice. I wasn't a fan of it initially, but once they wore it out there and I saw it in the replays and the highlights, I thought that I think that's probably the best jersey that they have. It looks it looks really nice. And if they're not going to go back to kind of like what they what their reverse retro is based on, but like the dark top and actually doing it correctly. Um, I mean, that was super nice, but that's just Mike Madonna era, and that's where you get me. Yeah, um, and I don't mind the Penguins one. I have the sweatshirt of our reverse retro, um, but I didn't go for the jersey because I just have too many of them, period. I don't need one more Penguins jersey, but... <laughs> I got the jersey of a Crosby of it for Christmas, so I'm covered on it. And beyond jerseys now, it's... Oh, sorry. I just oh, I one one other one. I wanted to know your least favorite. You're not getting oh, away yeah. with just giving us the the sweets. I need the broccoli. Who? What do you think is the your least favorite one? I didn't even like think of that. I feel like there's so many that I just kind of ignore. <laughs> God, I'd have to look at it again. I'm trying to remember my least favorite. Yeah, I think it's been a while since I looked at the ones I don't like. Like I spent so much time being like, "Oh, these ones I love are so cool," but then I'm like, "Okay, did you have a reverse retro? I don't remember." But oh, what was it? Favorite. The Flyers. I feel like I remember not liking that, but I can't fully remember what it was. I thought the black on the Flyers jersey almost looked brown because it was next to that orange for some reason. It made my eyesight see a brown, and I thought I was looking at Cleveland Browns jerseys for a while. That's the way I saw that one. Yeah, honestly, that makes sense. I kind of also think Boston's is a little boring. Mm -hmm. um, just a little basic. I also don't like the yellow. That's too much yellow. Like, our yellow is, like, kind of, like, dark enough where it's not hard to look at, but their reverse retro yellow is kind of, like, too yellow. It's a little pop in your face. Uh, if you remember the Islanders one, that one you can consider. You can, that one can, you could say is the laziest, at least. Whereas I know Berlansky liked it. My least favorite outside of the Islanders one was the Winnipeg one. I liked that one. I, I, I enjoyed that one, but oh well. Yeah, I feel like it, it looks a little, it doesn't remind me of their team. I don't know why. It's just like it doesn't feel like representative. Fair enough. I, I'm I'm alone on that take, but Horat, sorry, I didn't mean to You're divert okay. your question, but I did want to get to the the green beans and the, the the bad, not just the good of the reverse retros. No, you're all good. It always creates uh, more conversation, and I'm actually gonna swing this question to the both of you because it's just another conversation we can have. 
Um, who is the most interesting? And whenever I say most, most interesting, I don't mean best or most fun to watch. Who is the most interesting player in this league right now to, you know, watch day in and day out? Um, if Meg wants to go first, she can go first. I kind of, I mean, it kind of goes with best. I would say Connor McDavid right now because it's so weird how he's so strong of a player, but the team is just not can't really do anything like they're below the half line right here they're ranked number five in the north right now and it's just kind of like what is happening like how can they not pull together enough to give him something so it kind of makes watching him interesting overall it's the concept about it it's like you know he's the best in the league but he's on a god-awful team it would basically be if the penguins never built around crosby yeah yeah that's how it would look most interesting is a difficult question. One. I didn't expect to have to answer this, so I'm kind of taken aback a little <laughs> bit. I thought, I thought I was kind of absolved from that. But if I'm thinking most you interesting, you could go Joseph. I, like so interesting. He's like so fresh, and he's like making a splash. Stay with our home teams. He's growing an orchard with all those <laughs> apples. So Pio Joseph, he's definitely one of the most interesting. It's it's interesting to see a guy wear a 73 and succeed in Pittsburgh is opposed <laughs> to the last person that wore 73. But if I'm gonna say most interesting, I still think. And I might get hung out to dry by Penguins fans, and I might get commendations from Capitals fans. But Alex Ovechkin is still the most interesting player for me to watch. Not because he's the best, but because of the way that he plays the game. It's so unique. And that's something that Capitals fans have always said, listen, he he is the best to them. But I say he's unique because he's a guy that's so dangerous from everywhere. Yet, especially early in his career, he can turn it off just in a snap to where in the defensive zone he doesn't care and then all of a sudden he's laying a big hit and then he's going the other way and doing something crazy with the puck so i'd have to go for lack of a better answer i'll go with alex Ovechkin on this one you could also keep it in washington for a second and say matchup specific charo with the bruins so interesting to watch charo with anybody but specifically now that he's not on the Bruins it's very interesting to see him go against it was so strange to see him not in the Bruins uniform going up against guys like Patrice Bergeron and David Pasternak and I'm sure they're sitting there like I didn't expect to have to face the giant I thought I was solid for my career isn't he supposed to be protecting me but I that's why I thought it was funny I sent Shannon like a Capitals jersey a Capitals t-shirt for Chara and she was like oh great now i have to wear this too and i was like for you i would also say one other player that's interesting and he's not playing as of right now because he's hurt patrick line has been kind of an enigma since he entered the league so it's always interesting because he is kind of a one-trick pony but he does that so well and then there's times where he doesn't even do that well so it's it's always kind of a roll of the dice and it's going to be even more interesting seeing how a guy that doesn't like defense is going to play under john tortorella in columbus (laughs) That's a fun one. I mean, I'll just jump into mine because I got to go with Matthew Kachuk. He's the one in Calgary, correct? Yeah. I always get them confused. I'm saying him because name another player in this league that makes headlines every game, and it's not for his scoring ability. Hmm. Because you know he has the scoring ability. You know he can do it, but every game there's a headline. Oh, he's a scumbag. He's this, that, or the other. But that's his, that's his game. And you know what he does? He wins games, too. That's that's where I land as interesting. He's definitely not the best, and he's definitely not the most fun to watch sometimes, but every game it's a headline with him. 
That's fair. I mean, he is the only person in the past decade plus that has been able to even have a modicum of an opportunity of taking the rat title away from Brad Marchand. So <laughs> that's that says something. Yeah, you definitely don't see that very much anymore, especially I feel like we're like going so much further away from the enforcer aspect of the game lately is to have like people who you can like kind of hate on is kind of a nice bonus for NHL people. But I mean, you like Tom Wilson and Capitals defense for him all the time is that he can score and he can do offensive minded things, not just, you know, concuss everyone. Like it's He's just aggressive too. Yeah. He's an angry little elf. That's the best way to put it. Oh, but he wears great suits. That that's fair. The overall suit game of the NHL has ro- risen too. So that's that's always fun to watch. But I love seeing that on like when they post on socials on their stories for every team of like everyone walking in. I'm just like, wow, I love this suit. Like I hate when like in other sports you see people walking in in like jeans and stuff, and you look kind of like grungy. And you're just kind of like, no, take pride in what you're wearing. That's why I love the suits megan thank you for joining us i do have one more question before we let you go and i just want to know your opinion on brandon tanev whether it be the picture that he took early this year or the way he plays the game just your thoughts on brandon tanev i think he's been pretty good i i always kind of forget about him in every off season as like someone to watch and then i come back and i'm like oh he's scoring for us he's actually making moves i think i think he's fine I don't have like strong feelings towards him. I like I said, I kind of forget about him every once in a while. But then he kind of like comes back to make a splash, and then kind of like goes back again. And you're just kind of like, okay, make a either make a move or like be a background guy. Like don't be in between. <laughs> Megan, thank you again for joining us. Like we said, Slapshot Sweethearts podcast, new episodes every Thursday. But we're gonna give you a couple minutes here. Just let everybody know where they can find you on social media and what's coming up for you guys on Slapshot Sweethearts. Yeah, we have a lot of conversations going on about the NWHL um, as that winds down this week. Um, on our pod, we have a lot of conversations about marketing in the NHL. Not doing great. We have some great interviews coming up this week, not to spoil them, but definitely be there to check them out on Twitter, Pod, Slapshot Sweethearts on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, all the streaming platforms. So can we see everyone? Subscribe to our YouTube. We're trying to get to 100. You heard her. Go do it. Do it right now and definitely tune into these guys. They are a great podcast and a great source for entertainment and hockey entertainment all around. Thank you one last time for joining us. Thanks. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes. I am one half of your Blue Notes team, Tom Franklin, joined by my teammate, the man called Wags. And we are your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. And that includes expert analysis, whether it's at Enterprise Center. When you're fighting for spots for the playoffs, one or two points could make the difference. And we'll be looking back at games like tonight here at Enterprise Center as lost opportunities. Or at home. Penalties, that was a big, big piece. You know, you're wearing down some of your best players because they're out on the, the ice for so many penalty kill opportunities just a complete breakdown blues first round pick jake neighbors Braden chan texted me and then uh the head coach craig Rube reached out as well and um, ryan o'reilly as well and then um, the next day on jake field draft uh tarasenko facetimed me so uh that was pretty cool so. <laughs> and we're the only hockey podcast in the hockey podcast network 
to have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent, the Hawaii Blues fan, Guy Bensing. In true Dan Kelly fashion, Dan Kelly says, F you, Keaton. I know who's the starting pitcher for game four of the World Series. You damn well know who the starting goalie is for game four of the NHL season. And then walked away. And we have a musician, too. Not only is he responsible for this fat beat you're listening to right now, but he has also performed absolute works of art. And it seems to me you played the game with a candle to your rear. Never wanting to leave the eyes when the pain set in. So check out Blue Notes wherever you get your podcast from. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump, listen to Blue Notes, and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network and brought to you as well by DraftKings. Visit DraftKings Sportsbook, the app, use code THPN, and get yourself involved in some great Super Bowl sports bets. Horwat, thank you for modeling there, our own Vanna White. Shoutouts and callouts. Shout out to you, first of all, for being our personal <laughs> Vanna White here on the Tip of the Iceberg. But Horwat, what is your shoutout for this week? Um... I'm going to shout out Tom Brady. As much as people don't like to like to do that, Ugh. I know, I get it, I get it. <laughs> but, and all of what I'm about to say kind of goes without saying, because he is Thomas Brady. I don't know his middle name. <laughs> um, I don't know if he's even called Thomas. Tommy? I don't know. Uh, Mr. Brady, as I guess I should say. Uh, he's going to his 10th Super Bowl. All, like I said, all of what I'm about to say goes without saying. He's a bona fide Hall of Famer, obviously. He's going to his 10th Super Bowl. The guy just picked a random team at the age of 43 and said, hey, <laughs> it's not just me. We're going to bring some friends along, and we're going to go to the damn Super Bowl. Oh, it's in our home stadium, too. Makes it even better. Um, yeah, you just you, at this point, you can't deny his legacy. And I mean, you couldn't deny it after his third or fourth Super Bowl victory, but he's won six and is going to his 10th like him or not i'm just shouting him out because let's be real this is one of the most impressive things in all of sports at 43 just picking a team and going to the championship again it's impressive stuff to watch i'm in i'm excited to watch the super bowl on sunday i almost said friday <laughs> on sunday and it might sound weird but i'm i'm kind of rooting for tampa in that i don't know why oh, i'm sorry no i'm no you know what? I'm sorry. I just It's just, I, I don't like Belichick. I definitely like Brady more than I like Belichick, so I think it'd be fun to watch him win without him. And the Chiefs won last year. This isn't hockey. Teams can't win back-to-back here, all right? Oh, I don't care. I want to see Patrick Mahomes surpass eventually. I mean, if, if it isn't for, if the Steelers can win a Super Bowl, let's see the Steelers win a Super Bowl. But if not, I'm going Patrick Mahomes all the way, but... I don't want Tampa Bay to win, not because of Tom Brady, which is actually surprising. I don't want Tom Tampa Bay to win or Tampa Bay to win because I don't want to see Antonio Brown win a Super You're Bowl. You're right. It's either for me, it's picking between either Tom Brady and Antonio Brown win or Pat Mahomes and Le'Veon Bell win. Well, I definitely don't dislike Le'Veon Bell, 
nearly as much as I dislike Antonio Brown. And I definitely love Patrick Mahomes and all his State Farm commercials. And Tom Brady, I mean, he is, he is the GOAT. You can say what you want about Drew Brees. You can say what you want about Peyton Manning. But especially if he wins on Sunday, yeah. Tom Brady will alone have more Super Bowl rings than any organization in NFL And history. that's kind of what makes it impressive. It's something that we're not going to see again in sports. Sports yeah. for a long time. It's impressive. I just wanted to shout him out because it is Super Bowl Sunday. Someone from there um, deserves a shout-out. I think he's just the one because, I mean, he just picked that team, man. He just said, this team, I want to go here. You guys want to go to the Super Bowl? Let's go. And what? it's fun. Yeah, I also – I get what you're saying about the A-B, the A-B thing, but as someone who works in news, all oh, the headlines are going to come from that. The fan won't be quiet for a month. I'll get it'll be it'll be an interesting time to read the news. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if Le'Veon Bell wins it for like a couple weeks, it'll be the it'll be interesting to read the news. So I don't know. I'm excited for it for once, and no matter win or lose for Tom Brady, he's one of the greatest in all of sports. Period. And there's no matter what you say about it. Yeah, him and Tiger Woods are who I hold as the most transcendent players in their sport. Tom Brady for team sport. Tiger Woods for individual performances. But my shout-out this week goes to another T. Not Tom, not Tiger, but Tyler. Tyler Toffoli gets my shout-out this week. Nine goals in ten games. We already talked about him earlier on the show. I mean, the Habs are 7-1-2 and two this year. They are in first place in the North Division. Color me surprised in the first place for the Habs' performance. Carey Price is playing extremely well. That entire team is playing extremely well, and Tyler Toffoli is looking to be like one of the top or top two pickups this past offseason. Nine goals, I believe he threw a hat trick in there somewhere, but your favorite player not on the Penguins, Tyler Toffoli, he is going all out, and I knew that he was a good player, and... I had paid attention, obviously, to him whenever he was winning Stanley Cups, or I believe he won one Stanley Cup with the LA Kings. But I didn't think he was going to be that good. Whenever I saw him in Vancouver last year was great, and I get it's the same thing as James Neal last year. Let's see if Toffoli can hold on to it, but so far, nine goals in ten games, it's impressive. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he's got the most goals in the league, which is more than, like, we were just talking about McDavid and Dreisaitl. They have 22 points, not nine goals somehow. McDavid has eight, but it's not, it's not nine. <laughs> it's not nine. Fair. Uh, it's yeah, it's impressive stuff. I mean, he might cost an arm and a leg to get him at any point now, mm-hmm. but yeah, Montreal made the right move. Apparently, that's all there is to do it. Vancouver, you said really couldn't, and you're right, they couldn't. But when you see the work he has put in and the play he's done so far. You got to at least wonder what could have been, what could have happened, what could we have done and figured out for this. There wasn't a snowball's chance in hell he was coming to Pittsburgh, Colorado. I, I hate to burst I wasn't your even bubble, talking but about us. I was sticking with Vancouver on that one. Well, but yeah. You'd have to move the sun and the moon at this point. Especially because they're a good team. They're not letting go of their leading yeah. scorer. But call out Horwat. What do you got for me? All right, this one's old and like. Everyone's doing it, but I'm going to call out uh, coronavirus. Good old COVID-19, the big C. You took away our Penguins hockey this week. Yeah. Took away the NWHL from us. Took away the XFL last year. Yeah. And among other things you took away from us. Um, 
like 400,000 lives, which is still fucking sad and always will be forever and always. Um, yeah, I'm just going to use it as a call out and then to reiterate, uh, everyone out there, just be safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, stay healthy. Um, we'll get through this, man. One day it'll be over. We'll be able to go a whole week and watch hockey. I mean, we just keep seeing all these games get postponed, canceled, moved. Kids still aren't back at school in person and you know, it's a depressing time too. I know Bell just did their Bell Let's Talk thing and mm. honestly it's more important than ever this year. I'd say. Yeah. Um you know, reach out, make sure everyone's doing okay in your life and know that everything's going to be okay one day. We'll get through it and just uh calling out covid for sucking and <laughs> taking things away from us that we don't want to be taken away and yeah just general not goodness <laughs> stay safe everyone i'll leave it at that for me yeah i want to reiterate everything yeah. you said there with staying safe I, I get personally tested two times a week now because of my job just if, if you can get tested go get tested if you're offered the vaccine and you want to take the vaccine yeah i mean i've heard mixed reviews and you do you but you know let's work yeah. together let's stop this because everybody wants to go back to some semblance of normal and i also definitely want to reiterate the bell yeah let's i talk. wanted to i mean talk it, i wish i remembered the date because our episode dropped the same day i think or on monday I, yeah it was, it was Monday. I w- wish yeah, I because the, the Pens game. Yeah, I wish yeah. I would have known the date of it and we could have talked about it on the episode. But uh, you know what? The Bell Let's Talk thing is awesome to see every year. The mental health issue, it's always close mm-hmm. to the both of us, means a lot to the both of us, and means a lot to everyone. And it's a big community thing. Everyone kind of joins together in it. And it's always awesome to see. It's a great day. And reach out to one another. Yeah. yeah. And that exactly what you just said. You don't even just try to find someone to talk to. You don't even have to talk to a specialist. Our messaging is open on at iceberg podcast on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. We'll see it. If you need somebody to talk to, I know most of our listeners don't know us personally, but if you need somebody to talk to, both of us are more than willing to talk to you. So Find somebody to talk to. If you don't want to talk to us, that's fine because, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to speak for you, Horwat, but I don't know how good I am at giving advice, but I will do my best if you reach There's out. There's someone out you know, there. Just for find everyone. somebody. There's someone out there to talk exactly. to. Exactly. Don't you worry if you don't want to come to us. We understand. We're just a couple of 23, just a couple of kids, really. It feels like still. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's someone out there to talk to for everyone. everyone someone is out there to listen and it's okay to not be okay that's this that's the line i hear and say a lot and it's always stuck with me so shout out to all that i guess we should have brought that one back in for the shout outs but hey that's why we're a podcast yeah. things are out of order things get weird things get fun hey we can do what we want on this podcast right exactly go to your call out. hard right turn yes. here hard right turn from <laughs> everything we just discussed i'm calling out peacock the streaming site Although I have used it a lot more frequently, and I do like the streaming site in its entirety, they did me dirty, Horwat. How so? They did me dirty. The first two seasons of The Office are available and are free, but then you must go to premium Mm -hmm. to watch the rest of the show. Listen, I've seen The Office about 10 times, and that's being conservative. 
So to me, it's not worth just the office. Once they get other stuff on there, maybe it will be. But I do lose my old reliable. The old reliable, I need some background sound in my life. Throw on the office so I can look up there and see Michael Scott, Jim Halpert, Pam Beasley. Mm-hmm. They did me dirty, though. I can only watch the first two seasons, which I, I still probably will do. And then eventually I'll bite the bullet and I'll get premium. But for right now, I'm, I'm a little upset because on Netflix, we had it good. We had it good on Netflix. And now Peacock took that away. So from what me. you need is this. You need the complete DVD collection. Oh, man. Um, oh, man. I'm not, I'm not here to flex, but I'm going to flex that for a second and say I can thank Megan for getting me this for Christmas because it was getting taken off Netflix. And yeah. we didn't know that it was going to be only the first two seasons on Peacock. We just recently started watching it because she had never seen it. Um, so now these DVDs are very useful. Yeah. Listen, same thing happened to me with Sons of, Sons of Anarchy. It was taken off of Netflix and... Somebody got me the full set, and I was so excited. And then they put it on Hulu, and I was like, it's still nice to have the full set. Yeah, I mean. Power goes out, no Wi-Fi. I'm watching Sons of Anarchy. Exactly. I, we get the bo- you get the bonus features on these. You get the deleted scenes. Oh, yeah. No, granted. Well, you get that on Peacock, too. They, they literally have deleted scenes and bonus You got to pay for it, though. Do you need the whole thing? Uh, Some of them are free. Some Ooh, of them okay. are, I don't know. It's weird. So. But. Yeah, I mean. That's my call out. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, judge by all the ads. Oh, also, ad free. Judge by all the ads that uh, were on Peacock. There's gonna be some good stuff on there. Like it might become worth it. I mean, I would. I would personally sit back and watch the George Lopez show from beginning. Oh to yeah, end. that's on premium. Yeah. See, like maybe George Lopez is premium. So maybe maybe I'll have to end up getting premium. Yeah. Plus every episode of SNL ever. Sign me up. Yeah, I just started getting into SNL, so we won't... I know you're a big fan of SNL. I, we won't get down that rabbit hole because we are pushing an hour yeah. here. We we do have the interview that happened. So, again, thank you to Megan from Slapshot Sweethearts for joining us. Thank you to everybody that tuned in on our podcast. Thank you to everybody that tuned in on our live show. Thankfully, after that first you know, glitch that we had at the beginning... Yeah, that was weird. My Wi-Fi has been good since, so... We got through this. It was a good show. Thank you to everybody that tuned in. I'm saying thank you a lot, but I'm very thankful for everybody that listens to us and supports us. That is going to be it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg. Horwat, any last words before we send the folks home for the weekend? Nope, nothing much. Just uh, reiterating everything we said in that in-between time between the call-outs. Be safe. Someone's out there for you, and uh, we'll get through all this. Don't worry. Hockey will come back to normal. Fans will be in the building again. Um, one day you'll be able to throw away your masks. I promise. It might not might not be soon, but mm-hmm. one day, and it's gonna be a great day, and we can all look forward to that if we just stay strong, stay safe, stay healthy, and get after it, and watch and watch hockey from a couch, man. It's I'm getting used to it. I kind of kind of enjoy it now. <laughs> I'll be looking forward to getting back in the arena, but that is gonna be it for this episode. I'm very excited about this episode i had a great time talking to megan i had a great time as always talking to you but that's going to be it for this one we'll see you guys next week you can follow us on twitter at nick horwat 41 and at nick underscore berlansky you can also follow the show's twitter handle at iceberg podcast this podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcast from so please subscribe and rate us on apple podcasts We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. 
You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.